Lord, we bless your name this morning. As we've just sung, worthy is the Lamb, seated on the throne. Lord, as we reflect on your death, on your sacrifice, we must be careful to also reflect on your resurrection. For death could not hold you. And you rose again victorious. And Lord, as we come and we gather around your word, which proclaims this truth this morning, we pray that you would truly speak to our hearts, that you would illuminate your word to us, that you would say something fresh to us. Lord, we don't want to live off yesterday's blessings, but Lord, we want to walk into the blessing that you have for us this morning. So Lord, hem us in with yourself. And may your truth and your truth alone be spoken. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen. I hope you don't mind me taking my mask off. I'm far enough away from you and that we're following guidelines. But this morning, as we come and gather to remember those who have gone before us and paid a sacrifice to ensure our freedom, as we gather to remember them who fought for our country, for their country, for commonwealth and nation, to ensure that we could well and truly experience democracy and peace in these days. We gather to remember them. But as Christians, as the people of God, those who have trusted in Jesus Christ for the salvation of our souls, We also gather this morning to remember his life, his death, and his resurrection. And we do so in the sure and certain hope that he will return again for his church. And he will take us to be with him forever. And this morning, you'll see on your seats the wee communion sets. And we're going to metaphorically gather around a table this morning. A table which speaks of love, which has been poured out for us. A table which speaks of the grace of God. That as the hymn writer says, that even the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. This is a table which is a celebration of victory won and looks forward to to when our faith will be made sight. The Apostle Paul wrote of this table in 1 Corinthians. He wrote of it, and as you can see, he said, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, when he took the cup after supper, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
And as we come and as we gather around the Lord's table, we do so with hearts which are full of awe and wonder. But we also do so with empty hands to receive, ready to receive from the Spirit of God. And firstly, as we gather, it wouldn't be a Sammy Robinson sermon without three points, would it? Firstly, as we gather around the table, we do so to remember his sacrifice. In Isaiah 53, in verses 4 to 6, we read these words. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The perfect, spotless Lamb of God. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could know freedom and life abundant. He who was perfect in every way had placed on him the iniquities, the sins of a thousand generations and thousands more. Every sin ever committed, past, present and future, was placed upon Jesus, God the Son, as he laid down his life for you and for me, paying the debt of sin which we could not pay on our own. As Jesus himself said in John chapter 15 and verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And this is the reality that we gather to remember this morning. That Jesus Christ, the friend of sinners, the friend of you and me, laid down his life. And let's not be mistaken, he did lay down his life. For no one took it from him. He freely laid it down so that we could have relationship with God. He was beaten battered and bruised. We don't like to think of that. He died perhaps the most horrific death in human history. And he could have called 10,000 angels to come to his aid. Yet he chose, yet he chose to lay down his life on Calvary's tree to make possible our reconciliation with God the Father. To make possible relationship with creator God. 
I wonder, have you ever been on an aeroplane? It seems cruel to talk about aeroplanes at the minute, doesn't it? But have you ever been on an aeroplane and been blessed with a window seat? Have you ever watched as you take off? As you take off, how small things below start to become. I used to love going on holiday. We would often go on holiday to Spain um, when I was growing up. And I remember my dad let me sit in the window seat as we took off. He made me sit in the middle afterwards, but he let me sit in the window seat. And I always used to turn to dad and go, people down there are like ants. They're like ants. They're so small. As we take off and things become smaller. Have you ever wondered, if you were creator God, how small things must seem? Yet, despite the smallness, God the Son, Jesus Christ, chose to lay down his life in order to have relationship with you. Have you thought about that? The creator of the cosmos took on flesh and laid down his life for something in the eyes of other peoples which would be so insignificant. Like ants when you're taken off on the aeroplane. Yet Jesus laid down his life for you to make possible relationship with creator God. Greater love has no man than this that Jesus laid down his life for us, his friends. And today we remember his sacrifice as we gather around his table. But this meal of which we will shortly partake and share together is not only a call to remember his sacrifice, but it is also a call to us of repentance. Repent, quite literally translated, means to turn around, to do a 180 flip. And John Wesley once described it this way. Described it as the total change of a human heart from a focus on sin to a focus on God. It is a one 80 degree change of direction. The first recorded words of Jesus' earthly ministry are found in the book of Mark, chapter 1 and verse 15. The first recorded words of Jesus' ministry. And he says this, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Turn around. Turn from sin to God. Repent and believe in the gospel. This meal represents an opportunity for us to not only remember his sacrifice, but for us to repent. To come before him in humility, recognizing our own flaws and failures. Because we're good at noticing them in other people, aren't we? 
Let's be honest. Nothing has quite brought that to light like the US election, but we'll not go there. (laughs) Right? But it presents an opportunity for us to come before him in humility, to recognize our own flaws and failures, admitting to him the sin that is in our lives, both those that we have committed knowingly, but also asking him to reveal those sins in the depths of our hearts which we do not notice or even see in ourselves. Perhaps the prejudices, the underlying prejudices which we have toward others, the bitterness and the unforgiveness which we did not notice creeping into our lives our attitudes, our blind spots, our hidden faults. Communion represents an opportunity for us to come before God and repent, knowing that he is gracious, that he is slow to anger and abounding in love. That he is a good father who loves us as his children. Coming and confessing those sins which are known. But also those which we have not noticed in our own lives. King David in the Psalms. He cries out to God in Psalm 19 and verse 12. And this is a good prayer to pray. He said, who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. This meal represents a call to repentance. And this table is a table of grace. A table where those who were once far off can be hidden under the shadow of his wing." where those who have been battered by the storms of life can find in him their refuge and strength. And perhaps most wonderfully of all, when reflecting on his sacrifice, one can answer the call to repentance for the very first time and accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour of their lives joining the family of God and the journey of discipleship with King Jesus and his church. Today, we answer the call to repentance as we gather around the table. But lastly, as we gather around the table, we remember, we repent, But we also rejoice. We rejoice in victory won. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, I tell you this, brothers and sisters, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, 
I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, the mortal puts on immortality. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. As Jesus hung on the cross and cried out, it is finished. As he cried it out, hell thought they had won the victory. All of hell thought that Jesus had been defeated. But what Satan, the evil one, did not realize was that prophecy was being fulfilled. That the purposes of God were being accomplished. For without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sins. Without the sacrifice of the Son, we could not have unlimited access to the Father and know him intimately. And this morning as we gather around the table, we rejoice in his victory because we know the end of the story. Billy Graham, a great evangelist, once says, I've read the last page and it's all going to be all right. We know the end of the story. We know how the crucifixion story ends. For for three days the stone covered the entrance to the tomb. But on the third day that stone was rolled away. And our risen Saviour walked out of the grave with the keys of hell and death in his hands. And we can say today, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And that very same Jesus who rose victorious has gone to prepare a place for us. And he has left in his absence his Holy Spirit, the one who will guide us into truth, who will give us words to speak, who reminds us of Jesus' teachings, through whom we receive the love of God and who groans for us, expressing that which we cannot express for ourselves. But as surely as Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us, he shall return for us, his church, for his beloved. And as Jillian read for us earlier, there is nothing which is able to separate us from this love 
when we place our trust in him. Behold, Jesus says, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. To repay each one for what he has done. I wonder if you know this. Do you remember that hymn that we often sing? It's not of good that I have done, but nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You need to know that when God the Father looks at you, he does not see your sin. He does not see your shame. But if you have trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he sees the blood of his Son. And he declares you righteous. Gives you right standing with himself. And it's not because of the good that you have done. But it's all because of the blood that was shed. So that we could have freedom. And when he comes again. And he is coming soon. They have declared from the first time that they left. And ascended into the heavenly places. They believed that Jesus would return in their lifetime. And they clung to that hope. And we cling to that hope today. Jesus will return. No man knows the day nor the hour. But we know and have sure and steady hope that he will return for his church. He shared it himself. For I am coming soon. And when he comes... We will meet him in the air and we will be with him and we will reign with him forever. Why? Because of the blood that was shed, making possible the salvation of our souls. So as we gather around the table, we remember his sacrifice. We answer the call to repentance, but we also come with excitement and we come rejoicing for his victory is won and our inheritance is him. We will be with him forever. Are you excited? Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm always excited, but I'm especially excited about this. So I know that you've been sitting for a while, and if you're able to, and only if you're able to, would you stand with me?
And we will partake in this meal together. Hopefully you have your cup and your bread with you. We will partake in this meal together. Jesus said on the night that he was betrayed, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. Take, eat, and be glad. And in a similar fashion, he took the cup. And he said, this cup represents the new covenant in my blood. Take, eat, and be thankful. So let's take together of the bread, the body which was broken. And it's only a symbol. But let us eat and be thankful for the sacrifice that he made so that we could be free. Let's eat together. And Lord, we are a thankful people this morning. And as we have eaten of the bread, which signifies your body, which was broken for us, Lord, we do so with thankful hearts. Lord, we can't begin to imagine the pain that was inflicted upon you on the cross. We can't imagine perhaps even the temptation to call forth those 10,000 angels to aid you. But Lord, we are so thankful this morning that your body was broken so that we could be free. Lord, we love you. And we confess that we don't have the words to fully explain the depths of that love. But Lord, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for dying for sinners such as us. And now let us drink together of the cup as a sign of our unity in Jesus Christ. And as we drink, we proclaim his death, his resurrection, his ascension. And the belief that we have that he will come again. So let us drink together as a sign of our unity. Let's drink. And Lord, we are thankful for the hope that your shed blood represents. That you are coming back for your church. You are coming back for us. You have not left us abandoned. You have not left us as orphans. But you are coming back to take us to be with you forever and ever. Lord, we thank you that there will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth. And that we will reign with you there. Our inheritance is that we get to be with you. What a glorious, glorious hope. What a glorious inheritance. And what a thankful people we are this morning for the blood that was shed and that death could not hold you, but you rose again victorious. Bless us, Lord Jesus. Bless your name. And in your name we pray.
Amen. If you can, remain standing. Let's do so as we close our time together. We have a, a great song of worship. This is a song of worship that we only normally get to sing at Easter time. Right? So that's a wee clue for you. But let us sing, Thine be the glory, risen, conquering Son. Let's sing together. <laughs>